Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Fit Life Project podcast. So I feel like I start like 25% of all my episodes apologizing for how long it's been since the last episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been like eight weeks since we recorded the last one. And what can I say? It's just been a busy eight weeks. We've had a lot going on uh, business wise with regards to uh, reshaping and rejigging the way we we offer our coaching services, redoing the website, we rebranded, we redone the app. So yeah, there's been a lot of shit going on. We've also taken on our first full-time um, online coaching staff with Dan Marie. Um, I'm going to do a podcast and introduce you to her over the next couple of weeks. So yeah, there's been a lot happening and um, I just didn't get around to it. <laughs> so here we go. We're back anyway. April 14th, 2021. It is a delicious morning out there. Wednesday morning, sunny shining, birds are chirping. So what better way to kick off today than to record an episode of the podcast? On today's episode, I'm flying solo, no guests. I'm sorry to disappoint, but um, I'm going to discuss something that comes up time and time and time and time again. And I think any coach or personal trainer or anyone that works within the fitness industry will probably get this question more than any other question. And that is around the subject of motivation. So what is motivation? How do I get motivated? How do I stay motivated? What happens when motivation disappears? All these things are constantly asked. And I think we've kind of gotten to a place where we give so much power to motivation that when it disappears, we're kind of left not knowing what to do. We're at a stage now in, you know, the social media age where we're seeing so many people's highlights and we're always only seeing the good things. So we see everybody's wins. We see everybody online when they are motivated and they're smashing workouts and they're killing it with their jobs and family life is great that when our motivation disappears, we're kind of left a little bit like, what What the fuck is wrong with me? Why am I motivated? Why is everyone else, you know, smashing their goals and they're motivated all the time? But, you know, I work out for a couple of days and then my motivation drifts away and I'm back to square one. So I want to touch on a couple of them things. So to get started Let's look at what is motivation defined as. So in the dictionary, in the Oxford Dictionary, motivation is defined as a reason or reasons for acting or behaving in a particular way. So that's pretty basic and pretty simple. Another explanation is that motivation is the process that initiates, guides and maintains goal-oriented behaviours. It's what causes you to act. So if we were to read sort of the definitions like that, it nearly leads us to believe that motivation should always be there in order for us to achieve our goals. So if we're reading that and we say motivation is the process that initiates, guides and maintains goal-oriented behaviours, it's what causes you to act. What do we then do when that motivation disappears? And it will inevitably disappear for, you know, 90-90% of people that are chasing a goal. I personally believe that motivation comes and goes like waves. Um, and you guys might be able to you know, sync this up with your own personal experiences. But you'll find when you set a goal for yourself, so say you want to lose 20 pounds, you're a little bit unhappy with the way you look and, you know, as you look at something or you see something on TV or you see something on social media or you, you know, see a friend that's gotten in great shape, whatever it is, and it triggers that emotional reaction. And you say, right, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. I'm going to dedicate the next six months to eating healthy and training four or five days a week. I'm going to clean up my lifestyle, I'm going to get up early, I'm going to start reading more, you're going to start doing all these things and you lay out this plan and in your head you're super motivated and you're actually excited to start. That's good and well 
at the starting point. What happens two, three, four, five weeks in when you wake up and you told yourself you're going to go for a walk at 7am or a run? You wake up, you're feeling tired because the kids didn't sleep the night before. You put one foot outside bed, you hear the rain belting off the window, it's absolutely pissing down out. So now you're tired, you're grumpy, kids had you up half the night. Like you're not going to be motivated to get dressed, get up and put on your clothes and go for a run. You're just not. That motivation, that driving force that was there at the very start of your journey has weaned. As you've been going through the process, you're going to have your good days, you're going to have your bad days. And on them bad days, on them bad mornings, when you're trying to get up and do something and that motivation isn't there, we have to rely on other things in order to keep us putting one foot in front of the other and keep walking towards our goals, keep moving forward. And them things, in my opinion, is habits and behaviours that we develop along the way. Now, don't get me wrong, motivation is great, it's brilliant, it's it's what kickstarts us into doing something and accomplishing an action. And in its most simplest terms, it's motivation is used to describe why a person does something. So it comes back to that reason of why. But it's those habits and behaviours that keep us going during them times when the motivation just isn't there. And I'm sure everyone listening to this can relate in some aspect to a day when they had planned to do something. And then when it came to that day, the motivation wasn't there and they found it really difficult. So before we get into all that side of things, let's go back to motivation itself. Let's talk about the two different types of motivation and how they can have such a huge impact on us individually. So typically motivation falls into two different categories and they're frequently described as being either extrinsic or intrinsic. So we'll take extrinsic motivations first. These are the motivations that arise from outside of the individual. So they often involve rewards such as, you know, money. So something you do for work um, trophies, if you're an athlete, social recognition. You know, if I actually wrote a post on this the other day um, where when I first started transforming my body and I used to be a real thin teenager and like real self-conscious how I looked and everything. But when I initially started my journey, I was doing it for the validation of others. So I was looking for that validation through social media. So people liking a picture or people messaging saying, God, you look great. That would make me feel very good and would boost my ego temporarily. But ultimately, like everything else, that faded and then you're always chasing the next thing. So I was, again, internally unhappy because I was only doing this for extrinsic validation. Now, extrinsic motivation can be absolutely incredible and very powerful. And it's probably something that most athletes will rely on. So you take someone like Michael Jordan and he was such a winner. All he wanted to do was win at all costs. So his extrinsic motivation was winning that world championship every year he stepped out onto the court. But for your ordinary person chasing down a goal of losing 20 pounds or so, you know, that motivation probably isn't going to be enough because when the hard times hit, you've had a tough week at work, you get to the weekend, stress levels are high. You're not going to care as much about them 20 pounds as you care about how you feel in that moment and how you're going to feel in that moment is stressed, tired, probably not willing to get up and cook for you and the family. So you're going to end up saying, fuck, it, let's get a takeaway, bottle of wine. Um, and while there's no real issues with that, it becomes another habit and behavior that we just fall into that easy way out too often. So extrinsic motivations are those that arise from outside the individual. The other type of motivation is called intrinsic motivation. And these are those that arise from within the individual. And this might be something like, you know, doing your planned workouts because of how it makes you feel because of that endorphin release and because you just feel buzzing after it. And, you know, it's good for your health, you know, it's good for your mental health. And we do it for them reasons. Intrinsic motivation, it's the act of doing something without any real obvious external rewards. So really, when we break it down, we're doing it for feeling. We're doing it for how that action will make us feel. 
And it might be just, you know, simply the action of accomplishing something. It might be the action of doing something kind for someone else. But that motivation comes from within. It comes intrinsically rather than doing it for an external reason, such as the validation of others. And a real classic example of this is someone that's walking down the street and they see a homeless person that they've got their cup out in front of them and they're looking for some spare change. Now, someone that's going to give that homeless person money for intrinsic reasons, they'll give them the money and they'll feel good about it. Someone that's doing it for extrinsic reasons, they'll take out their phone, they'll drop, you know, a couple of quid into the homeless person's cup and they'll take a picture of it while they're doing it. Or they'll take a video of themselves giving the homeless guy money, they'll post it and say, look how great I am. They're doing it because they want other people to comment and say, you're amazing, you're so kind, you're generous. That's extrinsic. They're doing that because they want themselves to look good for other people. And a big part of developing our intrinsic motivation is get a pen, get some paper, write down your why, write down the reasons why you want to accomplish a goal, why you want to take that action. What way is it going to make you feel like? Ask yourself them questions that get you a little bit uncomfortable and that's where the true growth is. And I can't get this across enough, the power of writing shit down is so underestimated. Now, we touched on this on the podcast with Sinead Hegarty, but writing stuff down and manifesting your reality, um, there's something to it. There's It sparks something within you and it gets those intrinsic motivations flowing. So that's something to play around with. If you feel you're someone that struggles or like you're doing things and you don't really know why or you have that goal, you know, we've all said before, I want to lose a couple of pounds or I want to build some muscle and I want to look better. But Have we ever asked ourselves, why do I want to do this? Apart from getting compliments from other people, why do I personally want to do this? And and don't stop at, oh, I want to look better. Why do I want to look better? Well, maybe I want to look better in a t-shirt come summertime. And why do I want to look better in a t-shirt come summertime? For me personally, it's because when I grew up, my arms were always so skinny that people would draw attention to it. And that would make me feel like shit if someone would say a joke in public and everyone would look. And, you know, obviously there's that embarrassment and everything, everything goes with it. So you keep asking why and why and why and get to them deep-rooted issues of why you want to change your body. So now that we've sorted through our extrinsic and intrinsic motivations, it's time for you to start asking yourself some of these questions. Why do you want to accomplish your task? Why are you setting this goal? What's your target? How important is it that we get there? And I think another massive part of all of this is, I've said this a thousand times before, but being realistic of where our goals sit within our current lifestyle. So if you're a mum with three kids and you're working, you know, part-time or full-time and you decide that your goal is you want a six-pack, that's good and well. But what are you willing to trade off to get that six-pack? Because realistically speaking, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot of your time that you would otherwise be spending with your family in order to achieve what you want to achieve. So we're talking about more time in the gym, more time training, a lot more time, you know, prepping your foods, dealing with your nutrition, because if you set your top priority as getting that six-pack other things are going to have to suffer. So we have to look at our overall lifestyle and say, what am I willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to trade off in order to achieve my desired outcome? And if what we're setting up is unrealistic, you're probably not going to accomplish it, at least not for very long. And very often that realization that the trade-off, in order to get to the goals you set out, that trade-off isn't quite worth it. You're sacrificing too much. And when that happens, that motivation you had will quickly wean, will quickly fade out. So you know, a couple of things there, getting very realistic with our goals, looking at our overall lifestyle and putting our goals in, you know, putting into a pyramid of priorities 
We look at things like our family, our social, our work, our nutrition, our training. Oh, if we have to prioritize things, you know, are you willing to prioritize your training and your nutrition above your family, above your work, above your social life? If you're an athlete, probably you're going to have to do that if that's your profession. If you're someone, as I mentioned before, that wants to lose 20 pounds and look a little bit better, look better in a T-shirt, you're probably not going to be willing to sacrifice family time in order to do training and meal prepping. So we're going to have to put family at the top. So we have to slot our goals in where they rightfully belong on this table of priority. So it's something I do a lot with clients as well as we write down them five things. So as I mentioned, we've got family, work, social, training, nutrition. You need to write out your own list, putting things in order of priority. So, you know, family will obviously be at number one, unless you're a professional athlete, as I mentioned. You know, and then after that, we have to decide what's more important, training or work, training or social life. Um training or hobbies. So we have to write our own list and we have to be realistic within it because when we're realistic, we can start making a more realistic, sustainable plan that you're more likely to adhere to. And a perfect example of this is if I'm going to prioritize my family and my work over my training, that's absolutely fine. The majority of people will. We all have to make a living. But it might just mean that I'm not going to set myself six or seven days training per week. I might have to dial it back and do three or four days a week because work takes precedent. So being realistic within the confines of your lifestyle is hugely important. We always say chase consistency instead of perfection. And I think that is, again, something that's massively understated when we take on a plan initially. Um, we touched on this also in the podcast with Phil Learney, where people will take an approach of more is better when it comes to exercise and less is better when it comes to food intake for someone that's typically looking to lose fat. And what ends up happening is burnout. So they take on, you know, five, six training sessions a week because they think more is better. They think it'll help them accomplish their goals a lot faster, which it would if we could stick to it, but I'll get to that. Um, And then they subsequently take on an approach that less is better when it comes to food intake. So they're starving themselves to the point where their energy intake is so low. They're trying to hit these five, six, seven sessions per week and they go to burnout. The energy isn't there to complete their workouts. They start feeling shit. They start looking around, making excuses, blaming everyone else. They're feeling really crappy about themselves because they're like, why is this so hard for me? Why do I struggle so much? I feel like I'm doing everything right. I'm eating very little and I'm training so hard, but I cannot stick to it. And that inevitable binge will come, you know, one weekend or the next, and that will just, you know, set off the whole chain reaction of I'm not good enough, putting yourself down, nothing works for me. And that is, you know, a dangerous position to get into because that motivation that was there at the start is now gone. But the next time you go to start a plan, you're going to be remembering that past failure. So it's so important when starting a plan to do our list of priorities and say to ourselves, where am I placing my trend and nutrition on this list? Be very realistic with it. And then we can set out your goals from that list. We can set out your training days depending on how many days you are willing and able to train within your current lifestyle. So we went a little bit off track there, but, um, you know, that list of priorities is something that I find is really valuable when originally setting out a plan. And it's something that can determine whether motivation you know, comes more often than not or goes more often than not, depending on how our training plan is sitting into our overall lifestyle. So I mentioned at the start of the episode that, you know, the motivation inevitably will go for everyone at times. It comes and goes in waves. And when it goes, we have to rely on habits and behaviors. So let's speak a little bit about that. 
when I say habits and behaviors, it comes back to discipline. It comes back to what have we done more often than not? And has it become almost automatic in our daily routine? And I'll give you an example of this. So one thing I try and enforce with a lot of people that want to do an early morning walk, for example, if we're looking to get their general activity up, maybe they don't have time to train in the evening. We say, right, can we get out for a 15 or 20 minute walk first thing in the morning? And they tell me, yes. Okay, great. What I want you to do is you're going to lay out your workout clothes the night before. You're going to leave your runners beside the front door. And the second you get out of bed, even before you have breakfast, before you do anything, you're going to brush your teeth and then you're going to put on your workout gear. You're going to put on your runners as soon as you get to the front door and you're going to get outside and do a 15 minute walk. So straight away, we're starting the day having burned, you know, X amount of calories from getting up doing the walk. When we do that often enough, we set in motion a chain of behaviors, which will trigger the habit. So the behaviors are that we get out of bed and put on our workout clothes. We know as soon as we put on our workout clothes, we're probably going to go brush our teeth. We know once we brush our teeth, we're walking downstairs. We're going to see our runners at the front door. And that's our cue to put on the runners and get outside and do a 10 or 15 minute walk. You come back, it's done. You have your breakfast, you have shower, you get ready for work and you're gone. Okay, so this is a behavior which we work into our daily routine. And again, I'm only using this as an example because obviously not everyone can get up and go for a walk first thing in the morning. This is purely an example, but we've set them chain of behaviors in place so that even on a day where you maybe don't feel like doing it, you're going to get up, you're going to still get dressed. If you have your workout clothes laid out the night before, you're still going to put them on. You're still going to brush your teeth, which is another automatic habit. I mean, how many people think about brushing their teeth every morning? We don't necessarily want to do it all the time, but you get in and you do it and you barely even think about it. That's again, an automatic behavior, which has just happened from repetition, 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 repetition. Once we brush our teeth, then we're walking downstairs, we see the runners at the front door. There's another cue, another trigger. We put them on and we're straight out the door for a walk. There's going to be days when you don't feel like doing it, but because you've set that chain of behaviors, that chain of cues and triggers in action, you're more likely to get out and actually do it. And when you're finished it, you'll feel a lot better. Now, something like that is going to serve you much better than just telling yourself, I'm going to get up and go for a walk in the morning. And then the alarm goes off. And as I mentioned earlier on the episode, you put one foot out of bed and the rain is beating off the window. Um, you've got nothing laid out and you're just going to feel like, oh, fuck it, I'll do it. I'll do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. And it never gets done. So another example would be, you know, pick a day, pick a time to go and do your weekly food shop because people that are prepared and people that have the food stocked in the fridge are more likely to cook home healthy meals than people who don't. So if you take, you know, um, Saturday morning, for example, or Thursday evening after work or whatever day fits into your lifestyle and you just start the new behavior, the new habit that at this time on this day every week, I'm going to go and I'm going to do my weekly shop and I'm going to have that food stocked so that when I go to cook my meals throughout the week, that food is there in the fridge. If you're not prepared, there's going to come a time when you haven't done your weekly shop and you go to cook something, fridge is empty and you say, well, you know, get a takeaway. Let's go. So... You know, preparation is key. So set these habits, make them routine. Um, I touched on all this on episode two of the podcast where we talked about setting goals and, and habits and habit formation. Habits run, you know, almost 70% of our lives, 80% of our lives as adults. You know, a lot of the things we do are automatic. Yeah, I mentioned this in, in episode two. Again, when you're leaving the house, going to work in the morning and you walk down the hall and you unlock the door 
and you turn off the light behind you and you close the door behind you and you lock it again and then you get into the car. How many times have you thought to yourself, shit, did I turn off the light? You know, you won't actually remember doing it because it's an automatic behavior. It's a habit. It's ingrained in your brain that that's what we do every time we're leaving the house. Turn off the light, lock the door, get into the car. Turn off the light, lock the door, get into the car. Turn off the light, lock the door, get into the car. I bet if you were to move house and you were leaving the house for the first time in your new house, but that switch happened to be on the other side of the wall, you'd walk out the door for the first time and you still turn to your right, for example, to turn off the light switch, whereas now it's on the left. And that's again, purely down to repetitive habits and behaviors that we've been doing over time. So, you know, it makes sense to look at all this with regards to what we're trying to accomplish with our own goals when it comes to training, nutrition, etc. So one thing I try and do with a lot of the guys I work with is develop these habits and behaviors. First of all, education around them is probably the most important thing. And second of all, then we need to set them in motion and it has to fit into each person's individual lifestyle. So, you know, if it's something as simple as as reducing our portion sizes when we go to eat food and consume food and we'll set off a new habit or behavior that when we're cooking pasta, for example, instead of just tipping the bag into the saucepan and, um, you know, tipping all the pasta in and not knowing how much of it is going in, that I'm going to take out two handfuls per person. OK, so if I'm serving two people, I'm going to put in four handfuls of pasta. I'm going to put in my water. I'm going to cook it and then I'm going to just dish it out half and half. So I know exactly what's going into that food. That's something that the next time you're cooking pasta, you can do it again. And the next time you're cooking pasta, you can do it again. And you now triggered a new habit, a new behavior that is probably over the course of time going to drastically reduce your caloric intake while eating pasta. Now, if we can attribute that, and this is a very small habit, this is a very small behavior to start implementing. But if we can attribute that then to, you know, lots of other little things throughout the day, we talk about the mentality of you know, taking the stairs instead of the lift. If you're at work, you've got the stairs on your right, you've got the lift on your left. Take the stairs every time. Take it because while the amount of calories you burn taking the stairs that one time isn't a lot, it's the mentality around it, movement where possible. And again, it's a habit, it's a behavior. And the more repetition we do within that habit and behavior, the more it becomes automatic. And that's the end goal. You know, the dream for people when chasing down goals is to be getting closer to your goals without really thinking about it. You know, you don't have to push yourself to get up and do these things daily. They're just part of your routine now. And, you know, I say all these things in the most simplest of terms. And obviously there's going to be times when it doesn't always go to plan and that's okay too. But we want to give ourselves the best possible opportunity to reach our goals without having to rely on motivation. And that's why I say, look at our daily habits and behaviors Um and if even by addressing those daily habits and behaviors and setting up some new habits and behaviors, even by doing that, if we can increase our chances of getting closer to our goal without having to rely on motivation, well, then you're more likely to get there in the end. So, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. It's been a short episode today. It's literally been a press recording talk. So I probably rammed a little bit, but what harm? Um, I was delighted just to get back speaking into the microphone and hopefully I won't be leaving it as long until the next one. So... I hope you guys could take some value out of today's episode. Um, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share. Hope you guys are having a great day. Enjoy the sunshine while it's there and we will talk to you all soon.